0: Welcome to On Strategy Showcase. This is Fergus in Chicago. Uh, today we talk with uh, Cindy Scott, who works at InOcean, the agency for Hyundai North America. And we talk about the evolution of the brand since its uh, its early introduction, roughly 20 years ago uh, or more, to where it stands today. And I, I love this story because it really kind of points to brands that are really uh, stuck reputationally upon their initial launch. This was a South Korean brand who came into the US and uh, had some uh, missteps with their product quality and has spent many, many years trying to come back from that. And as part of that evolution has really introduced some sort of famous, amazing warranty programs and assurance programs uh, as part of its growth. And they've seen how these assurance programs have had a significant impact on sales growth of that, of course, being underpinned by new vehicles and new vehicle introductions uh, over a period of time. It's also a brand that you can see in its work uh, from work that uh, that has been done by great agencies such as Goodby uh, and then to the work that in Ocean has been working on also. You can kind of see how they've uh, applied uh, some really smart thinking to try and have people sort of reassess how they think about the brand and the logic behind the way they think about the brand. And so wonderful work that's a part of this. Unfortunately, much of the brand work that Goodby did for Hyundai had no voiceover. So if you want to see that work, you can go to the On Strategy Showcase uh, website on strategyshowcase.com and I'll post all of the good be work there uh but it's terrific stuff we we have a conversation about uh, Cindy and I have a conversation about what I think is the uh, real challenge in the automotive category from a marketing and branding perspective which is this discussion of whether brands uh, are uh, whether these companies are houses uh, of brands or branded houses And because I've struggled as I've done my automotive series to sort of articulate the simplicity of these brands. And it's just really, really difficult to do. And I think it comes down to this problem of branded house versus house of brands. And we talk about that here. And um, we also lastly talk about the idea of what is the essence of Hyundai. If you look at the essence of Coke being a single word, maybe optimism. If you look at the New York Times, single word, truth. If you look at Volvo, single word safety, what is the single word uh, for Hyundai? And we have a good conversation about that. And I think uh, Cindy gives us great insight into what that word is and why it is that word that they have uh, they have uh, selected. Uh, so it's great. This is a great sort of a uh, almost rags to riches perspective with Hyundai because it's really become a player. It's a credible brand. It's a, cl- a credible mass market brand now with great vehicles great warranties and uh and uh, great pricing so it's a, a really a terrific success story um, and then one last thing before we get started is i wanted to uh announce that we just started doing uh, on strategy showcase live uh, you can learn more about live uh, on the uh, on strategy showcase uh, website uh, live is really about taking this show on the road taking it into into uh into cities and towns into companies Uh, where we can actually have events. They'll be virtual initially, obviously, by video, uh, but they will ultimately become in-person events where we record uh, showcases live. And uh, there's a number of different options for companies or for agencies or for organizations who might want to uh, uh, think about having an OnStrategy live event. They're on the uh, website under the tab Live. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to execute more of these as uh, as we move forward. And ultimately, I would love live to become an in-person uh, in-person experience. It's always been a part of my sort of thought of how on strategy can roll out over time. Uh, so check it out. And this is uh, Hyundai, and their brilliant tagline, the one I love the most, which is uh, "Think about it." Enjoy. Welcome, Cindy. It's great to have you here to be part of this automotive series. And, and, you know, we've talked back and forth for a little while trying to schedule this. So it's awesome to be able to do it uh, early on this Monday morning.
1: Well, it's great to be here. It was worth getting up for.
0: Right, and it sounds like your dog has stopped rustling around in the background, so just in case people heard that, we wanted to explain it,
1: yeah, yeah she uh she doesn't understand that uh, I've got things I need to be doing here, so
0: <laughs> yeah, it's part of our lockdown life at this point in time, right?
1: <laughs> exactly
0: so i'm I'm excited to talk about Hyundai because um I've been a, an admirer of the evolution of this brand, and it's done some phenomenal things over the years. That make it special and and notable, in marketing circles, and um, and the work has continued to get better over time, and the the um, the uh, the brand reputation and its offering get better all the time. Let's then go back and look at when when uh, Hyundai first started selling cars in the U.S. It was back in in 1986. Can you tell us about those first few years and? how the brand was positioned or where the brand saw the opportunity in the market back then?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so Hyundai came into the market at an interesting time. Um, the imports, you know, they weren't as large as they are today by any means. You know, Toyota was probably number five in the market at that time, something like that. But um, but they were, the the Japanese brands were moving up and they were kind of abandoning the lower end of the market a little bit. And also there was a huge used car uh, market and Hyundai came in uh, and saw this opportunity at the lower end of the market, kind of scraping off the bottom of the new car market and the top of the used car market. And so they came in with the, with the Hyundai XL and, um, They, uh, their proposition at the time was cars that make sense. And it was really all about a pure value play that you could buy a new car for the price of a used car, or you could buy two Hyundais for the price of a new car. But that was, that was the value proposition at that time.
0: Yeah. Wasn't there actually, that just reminded me, wasn't there actually ads that talked about the fact that you could buy two cars for the price of one?
1: Yes, there were. God,
0: that's funny. That just triggered that memory of <laughs> yeah. me. So, so they, and it's great to hear you describe it. That they were they were looking at the used car market as a, a market for them. That's interesting. So it was a big used car market at that time.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So my understanding is that sales were strong for the first uh, few years, but uh, and this is from information that I've read. But then sales took significant declines. What what happened?
1: Uh, it was a confluence of events, actually. You know, the the, the traditional narrative goes that, uh, you know, the quality was bad and people walked away from the brand. And there is certainly some truth to that. Uh, but it was more complicated than that, having been involved in it. Uh, Hyundai picked a lot of dealers who had other franchises. You know, there, there were certain requirements for the dealers. They had to have another franchise. Uh, they had to build a showroom. And a lot of the dealers were either Ford or General Motors dealers who had access to uh, either uh, Ford Motor Credit or at the time GMAC. And so they were sending a lot of the paper through uh, those finance sources. And what happened was um, because these were used car buyers, their credit wasn't necessarily as strong and uh, there, were, there were high levels of uh, repossessions because people were defaulting on their loans. And so, um, so the, big, the big finance companies cut back and wouldn't touch Hyundai paper anymore. And that started uh, the collapse, which then caused the big dealers who were strong dealers who had built these great facilities to walk away from the franchise. And so, you know, a- and at the same time, uh, Hyundai wasn't doing very well on shady power quality uh, at that time either. So it was it was kind of a confluence of events. Everybody talks about the quality, but the dealer piece of it is as significant.
0: So I, I think it was in the early 90s then that I think one of the first initiatives for Hyundai came out, which, which I think was reflective of what was going to continue to happen. And I think probably arguably is still happening today, which is um, coming out with unique product programs or maintenance programs to create reassurance. For example, you announced, I think in 1991, the first of what would be many incentive programs, and this one was offering vehicle buyers regularly scheduled maintenance at no additional cost. What was the impact of, on the, of that program on the buyer and on the, and on the, the growth of the brand? Well, I
1: think that. In and of itself, I don't think was enough. Um, it certainly, you know, it probably helped the uh, the drop in sales, but it didn't necessarily um, didn't necessarily spur uh, great growth at that time. Uh, I don't think it was until, and you're probably going to get to this, but until uh, you know, Hyundai really started beefing up warranties and you know, came out with what is still America's best warranty, that things really turned around. So these were all baby steps in terms of building customer trust and it definitely stopped the drop in sales. Uh, but I, I think it was the warranty that was the real turning point.
0: Yeah. And that happened, I think that happened in late 1998, right? Which sort of yeah. coincided with the Sort of the uh, the shift from cars that make sense to this uh, idea of driving is believing, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us tell us about the, both of those things. Number one, the the Hyundai Advantage program, which was this ten year one hundred thousand mile warranty, which was unprecedented at that time. I think no matter what type of car you you drove, that was that was a uh, that was not offered anywhere else, right? This was a huge thing.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I mean, there, at that time, and I'm, I could be wrong, there may have been some uh, premium brands that had warranties that came close but did not get to, uh, you know, 100,000. That's why it was able to be called America's Best Warranty. Um, and, you know, I I think it's part of the fabric. It's become, these kind of programs are just part of the fabric of the brand. Uh, the brand is, and it's interesting Even though the slogan is "Driving is believing," I think driving is not necessarily the uh, the strong point. It's all of the care that Hyundai takes for its customers, and this is just one piece of evidence. Um, Obviously, "Driving was believing" was was a was a comeback. We're better. We've changed. You know that was that was kind of the impetus uh, for that line, and you know and. And in those days, I think Hyundai did take a little bit of a defensive uh, position because they felt like they had to right some wrongs. Um, But uh, that, you know, that was unprecedented, and it it goes back to, I think, the the fact that this brand really has been a champion for the buyer, Uh, whether it's bringing new cars to used car buyers or giving them a better warranty or the job loss assurance or any of those things it's kind of in in Hyundai's DNA
0: so tell us about what the job loss insurance was
1: well that was bad. that was in the Great Recession so 2009 I think it came out and uh, that was you know there was it was interesting because people were afraid to buy new cars not because they didn't have jobs but because they weren't secure in their jobs and they thought Boy, I better not buy a new car right now because I just don't know what the future br- is going to bring. And uh, Hyundai just said, "Well, guess what? You don't have to worry about that. If you lose your job, we'll take your car back, no questions asked." And so, and and it was it was a really interesting, I think, psychology play in some ways because the actual rate of return was really quite low, but the reassurance uh, gave you know gave people. The you know a reason to to buy, and uh, and Hyundai just came out of nowhere. I remember I was working at at TBWA at that time, and we were all studying what is Hyundai doing? They were growing market share like crazy, and and it really uh, that was another one of those proof points that just got people interested in the brand and thinking differently about the brand.
0: Whenever you buy a new car, you have to sign a contract. But what about the company selling it to you? Where's their signature? Introducing Hyundai Assurance. Now, finance or lease any new Hyundai, and if you lose your income in the next year, you can return it with no impact on your credit. Sound too good to be true? Come and see us and we'll put it in writing for you. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for details. There has to have been a, a cultural belief in the ability of maintenance programs and assurance programs to drive the business, I can't imagine that came from marketing or it came from somebody unique. Was there somebody in there?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that the, the, uh, the America's best warranty Hyundai had just put its first, uh, U S president in not so long ago, a guy that I know, and he, he eventually, I think wound up at, I'm not mistaken at J.D. Power, but I could be wrong. But Finbar O'Neill, and he was he was an attorney, and which is kind of an unusual play for a car company, anyway. And you know, and I think that uh, he wanted to make his mark on the company, and this was his way to do it.
0: So the the work that I always remember uh, came in after I think of roughly in two thousand six, two thousand and seven. The the uh, uh, Goodby Silverstein and Partners uh, pitches the business, wins the business, and they launched this terrific campaign. A terrific, in my opinion. Uh, think about it. Mm-hmm. And think about it was um, really uh, sort of using at least some of the TV spots that I'll bake into the episode and, and folks can see it on the site too. There were these terrific TV spots that I've actually used when I'm trying to convince other clients about how to approach the, uh, how to sort of create thought-provoking work that makes people rethink what their perceptions of a brand might be. But they do a series of spots and the lines are basically, they're headlines that scroll across the screen as you're just looking at sort of rather generic uh, everyday photographs. And a couple of the lines are such as this, shouldn't a car have more airbags than cup holders? Another one said, shouldn't you drive a car that inflates your intelligence, not your ego, which is awesome. Uh, another one was, how foreign is a car company that makes most of its cars in America? And then lastly, are car companies committed to quality or to the phrase committed to quality? So I, I, loved, I loved that work. And this was, of course, building upon you know eight to nine years of, of terrific sales growth. And I'm curious that even at that point, I, I think one way to interpret it is that sort of that work was being defensive and still feeling that it was trying to make up ground for perceptions of product quality. The other side is like, no, it was trying to build a brand that, that was rooted in smarts. How how would you describe it?
1: I'd say it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it was it was, you know, addressing the issue head on. And saying, you know, um, look, it, it, we're better than you think. I mean, that—that's what it was. And and I, I, I still think it was a little bit defensive, but um, but it also didn't pull any punches. And I think that's what why it was so strong. It was kind. Of, it was kind of like we know what you think. Now here's what you should think. <laughs> you know, it was. It was. I think it was really, really smart.
0: And it really was. It was great work, and I think that's around the time that Jeff Bridges sort of became the voice of the brand, mm-hmm. and that uh, and, and and that was also around the time that InOcean got the brand. So Goodby had it could be for about two years, and then the business went uh, into. At that time, was in house. It went into InOcean. What were the challenges that InOcean uh, faced at that time? This was around you know, roughly around two thousand eight, two thousand nine.
1: I think that InOcean, you know, had to live up to some highly acclaimed work. And I think they made the decision not for revolution, but for evolution. And I think that was a smart decision to make. So they kept jet bridges, they kept the line and evolved the work, which I think was was a smart thing to do.
0: So where where was the brand, do you think, perceptually at that time?
1: Actually, at that time, because that was right after the, uh, you know, that was around the time of the assurance plan. Goodby did the work on assurance and then and then uh, Inocean took over shortly thereafter. And so the brand was really doing well. It was, uh, you know, it was probably at one of the high points in it, in its uh, history in terms of uh, really uh Growing, growing in sales and growing in acclaim. You know, the reputation, the, the assurance plan did a lot for the for the brand's reputation in terms of you know being a brand that you could trust. And so it was it was a good time uh, to uh, to come in. And then right after that, uh, this the next Sonata that came out, and that was in the early teens, if you will, uh, was you know, a breakthrough product. It was a killer product. So. Coming off the, you know, off the, the tailwinds of the um, of the assurance, and then having great product to sell, it was a really, really strong time for Hyundai. I think I think it had in those years probably some of the highest market shares that it, that it's had.
0: So, where do you where do you think the Hyundai share was coming from? Was it coming from um, which brands? I'll let you answer that. Which brands was it coming from?
1: Uh, it was coming from. Uh, some, some of the domestics and some of the Japanese so I would say uh, probably some Nissan buyers were switching as well as Ford and Chevy buyers. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of conquesting of Toyota and Honda at that time um, because those buyers are extremely loyal but you know I, I, but I think that um, you know Nissan buyers, and even Ford and Chevy car buyers aren't as as loyal. And that's where the business was coming from.
0: With the brand at that time, who, who was the sort of the buyer that you were targeting? Did you, do you think at that time there was this sort of a persona of a buyer?
1: Somebody who was looking for a smart choice, but not so much, again, not so much a value buyer anymore, but it was really about, hey, I can be proud of my Hyundai. And that was something that had really had never happened before. I think even in the days uh, prior to that, when when the when the value equation was turning around, there was still you had to kind of make an excuse. But now I think the brand had enough a positive spin on it, where it was a new, it was a bit more aspirational for the for the buyer, and it was a step up for them.
0: So, how do you, or how does Hyundai? Or how do you, as somebody who's working on the Hyundai brand, how do you think of Toyota and Honda?
1: Well, I think that's, an, that's a really interesting question. I think in terms of uh, the actual brands, they are perceived, I, I would say, almost identically in the marketplace. I mean, if you want a no-risk, great-quality vehicle that you can depend on, that's what you buy. You buy a Toyota or you buy a Honda. And, um, you know, the cross-shopping between those two brands are huge. And, um, you know, and I think it's just a matter of of which vehicle you like a little bit more or which deal was a little bit better. Uh, Toyota's image, Toyota's brand image is just not as strong amongst millennials. Um, All of the data suggests that there could be a little bit of a crack in the armor, and whereas uh, Honda does attract, the Civic still does a great job and the CRV, but more so the Civic of attracting a younger buyer.
0: You know, one of the things is that, as I mentioned earlier, this, is a, this interview is part of a kind of a, a series on automotive. And I, I have struggled throughout these interviews to find people that are able to articulate um, the, um, the sort of brand platforms uh, for each of their own brands, and I, and I think it's been sort of a little bit frustrating for me because I, I had hoped that we'd get to like, okay, Honda is X, Toyota is X, right? Hyundai is X, Volvo is X. And some are a little clearer than others. But, you know, part of the thinking that I've come out of this series with is the idea that um, that the brands that have gotten i'm talking about the mainstream so the so the the mainstream brands the high volume brands mm-hmm. not the premium or not the luxury but in the mass market that the brands have almost almost moved to the point of being sort sort of uh uh houses of brands rather than a branded house like mm-hmm. if i look at bmw yep. that to me is a branded house and so the vehicles yes. are defined by their numbers you know, you've got a three series, a five series, but it's all about a BMW three series, right? Right. Um, but I look at the other. I look at Toyota and Honda, and uh, I see that I don't think they're really Honda Accords. They're Accords. People buy the nameplate, and that the investment is made at the nameplate level, whether it's a CRV or it's a or it's a uh, an Accord, and the same with Toyota, it's the Camry. And so the investment is not being made at the brand level. It's been made at the nameplate level. And therefore the brands themselves lack the clarity that, that I'm looking for. I see it. I don't see it the same way with Volvo. I don't see it with BMW. I don't see it with Audi, but I do see it with the mass brands. So my question is for Hyundai, are you a branded house or are you a house of brands?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. We have, uh, I would say we're a little bit of a hybrid. We've switched to a, um, a branded house approach to our communications, but of course we still have models to support. So what we, what we have done in the last couple of years is to identify certain themes that run through all of our, um, all of our communications so that there is a consistency in themes. Uh, but we know that the life stage of a particular buyer is going to be different, so we do have to pepper in a little bit about their life stage. So it's 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 uh, ideally we'd be full on branded house, uh, and we're getting I think closer to that. But um, but yeah, it's 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 one of the challenges in the automotive industry. And I think you know it's interesting because you talk about the nameplates, well. If BMW all they have are numbers, then I, I think that that is a uh, you know that that is a nomenclature that lends itself to a branded house. Whereas if if every product has a new name, y- you kind of fall into the trap of a house of, of a of a house of brands. So, um,
0: and so what are some of those common themes for Hyundai when you talk about you look for common themes across nameplates?
1: Well I think that you know uh, what Hyundai does on every vehicle uh, is offers quite a bit of intuitive technology and safety uh, on their vehicles regardless of the segment that they're in I think more so than than other manufacturers and then there's also the other the other piece of it which is loosely uh, articulated as assurance, whether it's our warranty, whether, you know, whether it's we, we brought back job loss this last year, you know, all of these other things are complementary maintenance, which is better than than anyone else in the industry. So, um, you know, that those are the uh, kind of the the tenants of our brand. So it's intuitive technology, it's safety, it's assurance. And those are the themes that we try to uh, keep uh consistent in in our communications.
0: So it's it's interesting when we talk about uh, brands and sometimes we're able to sort of bake them down to single words. So I thought it would be a fun exercise if you could sort of give us a sense of of uh maybe a single word. But is there like a single word in the way that Volvo has the word safety or the New York Times has the word truth. Is there a single word for Hyundai? And, and, and what do you want that single word to represent?
1: Well, I think Hyundai has always represented access as a word. And what I mean by that is that um, Hyundai has democratized things for people that have been previously unattainable. You know, Hyundai's been a bit of a champion, just giving people uh, the 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 means to have to live better, whether it's all of the features that are standard in even our base model vehicles, it's all about giving people access to what was previously unattainable. Also, you know, with with everything that we do between complementary maintenance and America's Best Warranty and other programs that we put in place that go under the assurance label, uh, it's really access to peace of mind. They don't have to worry. And so it just creates an overall better experience for the customer that was not attainable without Hyundai.
0: So Genesis was a nameplate that was first released under the Hyundai brand. And now it has sort of spun off to be the premium brand in the same way that Acura is for Honda, the same way that Lexus is for Toyota. So tell us about Genesis. Was Genesis always planned to be that spinoff, or, or or was was there some other circumstances around it?
1: You know, I I honestly don't know the answer to that uh, in terms of what the you know internal workings were, but I do think that uh, you know the history suggests that it played a different role, say than uh, than Alexis or or an Acura, in shaping uh, the the Hyundai brand, if you will, versus, say, say the, the role that Lexus took for Toyota. Because if you recall, the way Genesis was launched was as a model, a part of the Hyundai brand, you know. And uh, it it really was there to help lift the Hyundai brand, whereas I think, you know, the, the decisions... If you go back to the history of Acura, Acura was actually created... Uh, to fill in a dealer network because they the dealer network had been um, had been developed in a way where the franchise laws were the distance between points for Honda Honda was uh, such that the franchise laws wouldn't let them put put more dealerships in in the um, in the market so they created this other brand and then Lexus. This was really about, okay, baby boomers are, are uh, defecting to German brands. What are we going to do about it? So three different, completely different reasons for being. Um, so I don't know what the intent was, but I know that, uh, you, know, you know, the longer term intent. But I do know that uh, the initial Genesis uh, models were there to help lift the Hyundai brand.
0: So do you are you um when you think about growing share are you now looking at more at Honda and Toyota than you may have been at the Ford and the Chevy are, are, have you moved and evolved on given the new product offering
1: I think so yeah yeah we're uh you know we we see we see also Nissan as a big opportunity um you know they're they're not having the best of times these days and um, so there are some disaffected buyers that I think we can pull from from Nissan. But also Toyota and Honda, you know, we, we're seeing our, our cross-shopping increase amongst all those brands. And, you know, and I think I think it just speaks to the fact that we've gained more credibility in the marketplace.
0: Hyundai is, 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 a, is a player now. It's, it's gotten credibility And so the question is, how does that, how is that sort of newfound confidence found its way into the, into the marketing communications? Are you, are, is there some, is there a deliberate sense of confidence reflected in everything now more so than before?
1: I think so, yeah, and I think you're going to see more of it come this year. This year is an exciting year for Hyundai. Uh, We have the new Tucson coming out. Well, we 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 started off the year with a with a Santa Fe facelift that was significant. We have the Elantra, which just won North American Car of the Year. Then we have, I think, the biggest launch of uh, of the franchise, which is the next generation Tucson, which is an amazing vehicle. And then we taught we close out the year with the Ionic, which is our all new electric platform. So there's a lot coming. And I think you're going to see that um, from a confidence statement. I, I think you're going to see our, our marketing evolving to even a higher level of confidence.
0: Cindy Scott is SVP strategy at Inocean USA for working on the Hyundai business. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Fergus. This has been fun.
0: And we'll see everybody on the next episode.